I, I would get stuck to my weapons sometimes because there was just so much blood on me that they they like one time we broke for dinner and is I I couldn't let go of the club because I was just stuck to the club. I'm like guys, guys, I want to eat too, guys. <laughs> Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the The final Final girl. Hey guys, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry and we have Julia. <laughs> yes, and we are so excited. Julia, I'm sorry, I'm like even messing up her intro because I'm like literally so excited about this one. <laughs> you know, I'm scared of clowns and I helped conquer my fear this last year because of these wonderful people. Today we have on from Terrifier 2, we have Damien Leone, director, writer, and producer, known for writing and directing the films All Hallows Eve, Terrifier, and the brand new Terrifier 2, each of which feature his character, Art the Clown, played hauntingly by our other guest today, actor David Howard Thornton. Welcome to the show, you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Glad to be here. We oh. we did we did last year as Terry mentioned she had a fear of clowns as a kid so we did a clown round last year to help her conquer it. We watched uh, and a this lot one, of clown movies. We watched yeah. a lot of clowns and and this one you know Chef's Kiss. We'll get into the ins and outs of Art the Clown uh, in a while, but we want to talk to you both first about you as uh, your film and your horror identities as children and where you got started in your interest in these. Things. Yeah. So, Damien, so when did you, you fall in love with off? her? Yeah, yeah, Damien, tell us. I was named after the Omen. Nice. No joke. That's so <laughs> yeah. hardcore, man. I wow. love that. Pretty hardcore. Pretty hardcore. And uh, my mother was a huge horror fan. I've known about my namesake since I remember anything. I mean, I, there there is no moment where I remember my mother sitting me down and saying, "You know, you were named after the." It was just always there. <laughs> always there. Um, how how does that make like, you feel? Incredible. Yes, it should. <laughs> wow. Incredible. I always loved my name as a little kid because nobody else had it. And I liked I liked being different. Did I you scare kids with that name? Did they know? I'll tell you what, there there is one specific time. I didn't scare them with my name, but I was I remember in preschool, we were in the gym and all the kids were being Ghostbusters. And uh, I didn't want to be a Ghostbuster, I wanted to be Jason. And they knew of Jason. They didn't know quite what he was, but they knew he was just this kid, supernatural killer that you really can't kill. And I remember this one kid in particular kept trying to shoot me, and I would play dead for a couple of seconds, and then I would get up and let him shoot me again, and I'd play dead and get closer and closer. And until I got so close to him that he really freaked out and screamed <laughs> and ran away and cried. Behind he went crying behind one of the parents, and I'll never forget the parent yelled at me. Um, so, uh, you know. That is amazing. I feel like this is a very reminiscent of what you ended up ultimately making with these Terrifier movies. So (laughs) I I used to get a kick out of scaring people and uh, monsters at a very young age. So I've always been in love with horror movies. 
Can, Can you remember, remember your first movie? We're in sync, Terry, you and I. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember your first one? Yeah. Um, well, I always watched Jaws. Um, that was always there. Even though that's not quite uh, the slasher you would, you would compare to Terrifier. But, um, you know, just like yeah, your typical that. movies that I always grew up watching were Friday the 13th, Halloween's Nightmare on Elm Street. Those were always there at a, at a very young age. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was had a huge Im- impact on me because my mother would take me to the local video store. And that was the other movies were taped off of television. And when I started going to the video store and I saw the cover of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I was so uh, just it was so alluring to me. And I really wanted to rent it so bad just based on the artwork. And she let me rent it. I was probably like five, six years old. And that had a I huge mean, what? Impact. How old? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, five or six. Wow. No jokes. Yeah, she had a lot of faith in me that I wouldn't turn out to be an actual maniac. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I loved, loved, loved horror movies, and you know, even as a kid, I knew the difference between fiction and reality. Um, thankfully, uh, <laughs> as a horror fan, an important thing. Uh, yeah. What, what, and another movie that had a huge impact on me was she took me to the movies when I was four to see The Lost Boys. Oh. So and, good. And oh my God, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was like going to a, a rock concert. I just remember I still remember specific reactions that the audience had during that movie and it's been a it's been a favorite ever since. So you I know that you do a lot of effects work as well. So is a lot of the movies that you were drawn to when you were a kid heavy effects movies? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All monsters. I was drawn to monsters. Um and and comic books really just larger than life images i i just loved um i love just things that you know out of reality abnormality i loved it um but it wasn't until um i was about seven because i was as we know i was already obsessed with jason so <laughs> we took a preschool that was in 1989 i was like five or six uh and i discovered um uh, this VHS tape called Scream Greats, and it focused on Tom Savini, who was the makeup artist yes. from the original Friday the 13th. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure most horror fans all know who Tom Savini is. And this was the first time I saw somebody actually creating the monsters. And when I saw that, sort of a light bulb went off, and I loved it, but I was still too young to really start dabbling in it. But when I was about 12, I went to meet Tom Savini at a uh, uh, horror convention. Oh, and, uh, how cool. It, oh, my God. It was just insane like life-changing moment and at the same convention uh my mother bought me my first starter makeup kit a bottle of fake blood mint flavored blood and a real machete that was dulled and it had a semicircle cut out which is a classic tom savini special effects gag and uh when i went home i've been considering this now the first day of the rest of my life because that really changed (laughs) everything and I never stopped sort of playing with makeup and being obsessed with creating monsters. And then that led into filming these special effects with a camcorder. And it was just all stepping stones that all led to, honestly, all led to Terrifier. I've never stopped. Isn't that That's amazing so to be cool. able to look back through your entire life and kind of see this through line, right? It's like I yeah, started yeah. here and, and here's the here's the end point. Not that there's an end point, but the point I'm at now. And no, for sure, yeah. I can kind of chronicle the moments. There are specific moments that led to where I am now. So um yeah, very very surreal. Very- <laughs> so awesome. I want to switch I- over to David too and find out <laughs> what your lineage like were you a horror fan as a kid and how did you get caught up in this crazy business and 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 doing this 
Well, um, unlike Damien, I did not start off watching horror films. I, I had a mom that was very much afraid of horror films. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think like the one horror film I remember my parents watching was Poltergeist. Yeah. Okay. It's and, pretty scary. And it is PG, right? So oh, yeah, like, it sure is. Yeah. The whole family. Yeah, I, I, I remember they had like a, a viewing party at our house and I was supposed to be in bed. And I snuck out of bed and I, there was like this, um, this little slight divider between our den and our kitchen that had this it, like shelf space that I could look through. And I was watching the film that way and it got up to the, um, the scene with the clown and I, I freaked out when I saw that scene. And th- that gave me away and like, oh, you got to go to bed. What are you doing now? You know, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, but my mom used that movie to scare me as a kid, too, because I used to sit right in front of the TV w- when she was watching TV. And she's like, okay, well, if you if you sit that close to the TV, you'll get sucked in like <gasps> the girl from Poltergeist. No. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. Uh-uh. And worked. For about a year or so there, I was giving the TV a wide berth. I would like, <laughs> and then I finally tested it out one time. Like, wait a minute. I'm not going to like, cause I saw my sister didn't get sucked in. No one else got sucked in. So I'm like, wait a minute, let's test this out. Oh, I see what you're doing, mom. But after that, I didn't really watch horror films until my um, senior year of high school when Scream 2 came out. Because okay. I, I, Scream 2, but not Scream 1. Scream 2. Yeah. Not Scream 1, Scream 2. I had heard about Scream 1 from my best friend. He said, oh my God, Dave, you got to watch this. You would love this movie. I'm like, ah, no, I don't know. I'm, I, was too, I, was, I was too much like my mom at the time. I was, I was too afraid because she, she made me afraid of horror films because she thought The Fall of House of Usher was the scariest movie she had ever seen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that tells you how much of a chicken she was. Oh, oh your mom, Damien's yeah. mom, got along to yeah. see it movie taste right oh oh yeah totally <laughs> but yeah I, I attribute this to because there was a girl in this cast that i was i was doing a production of christmas carol and i had a crush on this girl and the cast was gonna go see scream 2 and they're like mm-hmm. hey you're gonna come and i'm like i don't know but then the girl's like dave you gotta come and i'm like oh okay i'll go i can't look like a chicken in front of this girl so i no. went and i no you can't oh my god no <laughs> And I had the most fun. I was like, oh, my God, what is my mom so afraid of? And so that next year when I went to college, my my roommate, Chad, who came from a very Southern Baptist family, so they, he didn't watch a lot of horror movies either. So we, we had a lot of time to make up. So we, we went on, on the weekends, we would go to the local movie gallery and just rent stacks of slasher movies and watch them over the weekend to catch up with everybody. And I'm like, so that's, that's when I fell in love with it all. I what just are never some, imagined some of the highlights? What were some of the highlights from that era? Do you yeah. remember like the ones that really made an impression? Oh, of course, you know, Scream was, of you know, I love those movies, but. Um, so how was it I, watching it out of sequence? Did it make sense? See, it's it, it okay, Julia. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very, I'm very persnickety so like watching something out of order is the worst she will not watch any movies series out of sequence and i'm just chaos like i'm always like just start like in the middle who cares like they get all weird and you can go back it's okay yes (laughs) i definitely went back and rewatched scream one after i saw scream two because i that christmas like a few weeks later i was with my cousins and scream came on tv and so i watched it then i was like oh my god this is fantastic but um, yeah, I, I would say like the the I I really love the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. 
ones. Yeah, those are the ones I I, I really liked because it was such a great blend of horror and humor, mm-hmm. and I love that. And how Same smart with the child's play movies. Oh, they're so smart. I'm like I I I, I still think Freddy Krueger is the best horror villain ever created. Yeah, because the whole concept right. of him's brilliant because you can do anything you want to with him because all this takes place in dreams so the 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 possibilities are endless but also that whole concept that he he's comes to you and can kill you in your dreams is horrifying because like all the other icons were in the real world you could escape them you could get in a car and get the hell out of dodge if you wanted to freddy you can't He's going to follow you in your dreams and you have to sleep eventually or you will die. But if you go to sleep, you will die. So that's just a brilliant concept of a character. Yeah, it sure is. And the effects still look brilliant. I'm sure, Damien, this is probably a big one for you, right? You have something mm-hmm. like Tina's death, right? That Where you're building an entire room to spin for that effect. You know, like yeah. as a horror fan and plus as an effects fan looking at from both angles. So fascinating. Oh, sure. It's brilliant. And likewise, massive Nightmare on Elm Street fan. And in fact, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors tonally was a big influence on the supernatural element for Terrifier 2. Okay. I was okay. going to ask. Yeah, I had we were going to talk about that. <laughs> kind of what you were just saying. I was like, that sounds very similar to what we just watched. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. Yeah. We take from the best. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. So how did you two end up meeting to team up? Like, how did you find your your muse here, Damien? How did you find this this David guy uh, who scares the crap out of me um, in these movies? Um, so uh, as you know, I'm sure David did not originally play Arthur Clown. He was played by my buddy, Mike Gianelli, um, who was not an actor. He was just sort of my good friend slash guinea pig. And uh, when I was learning to do all these special effects and experimenting and I need to put it, I need to put a prosthetic on somebody or test a bullet hit, I would grab Mike and, you know, we'd go to the side of my house and I'd hook blood pumps up to him and, you know, turn him into a... Oh my God. I like you so bad. That sounds so fun to me. It's Julia's dream come true, literally. She just loves getting doused in blood, so... Uh. It wasn't his, but he did it anyway. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good That's friend. That's a good friend. Good friend. Good friend. And he accidentally, you know, sort of got roped into playing Arthur Clown because it was just this silent character. He didn't have to speak or, you know, he had to act a little bit, but it was all physical. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, like, that, those short films and All Hallows Eve, they started taking off. And he did a really good job as Arthur Clown. He was very effective. And uh, when it came time to shoot Terrifier, he just decided that he didn't want to act anymore and he didn't want to go through the makeup. So I had to uh, I had to start from scratch. And But now that I could start from scratch, I knew that I wanted the character, the actor playing Art, to be taller and thinner because I thought it would be much creepier mm-hmm. uh, to choose uh, from scratch. And Dave was the sixth person, I would say, uh, give or take, to come into the the room and I saw as soon as I saw his physique I was I just said that's exactly what I'm looking for and he had this really big smile which I loved as well I could tell he was very expressive and um and then I told him you know he asked he knew he was coming into audition for a killer clown but didn't have any other specifics and I told him it's a silent killer clown and uh, if he could show me uh the act of decapitating somebody and doing it very gleefully and that was all I told him to do. And you could find this audition online. I think I still have it on my Instagram. And he 
immediately flipped the switch and went into this wonderful, um, you know, this wonderful performance that was very theatrical, very animated, nothing like what Mike Gianelli was doing. And, um, and I just knew like this guy looks great and now he's also an actor and very theatrical and he's going to bring so many more skill sets to, to this character. Um, if he was cast and then, uh, he left. We probably looked at maybe like two other people, but I basically told my producer, Phil, who was with me, I said, what else are we really looking for? I mean, this is, that is the guy. I said, let's, let's have him come back, uh, uh, in a couple of days and, and get the prosthetic on his face and dress him up and have him do that whole shtick again. And that's what we did. And I knew, I knew he was my guy. It was amazing. <laughs> and and what's David, the are makeup you... like? Oh, oh, please. I, yeah, let's David, do that. I'm just curious, like, what is like that experience, like putting, putting on the face and doing all of that? How long does it take? Um, it, it, you originally took about four hours. Ooh. Yeah, it, it was it was tough at first because we we approached it totally different. We used to put a bald cap on me and stuff like that, and uh, he would usually paint all the the white and all the black on after he had glued everything to my face. But now we're also using a new type of uh, material for the mask. We we started using we originally had a gelatin mask, and we started using the foam latex mask near the end of Terrifier Two. And that's made everything so much easier. Plus, he also pre-paints the mask before. So now we've gotten it down to about an hour. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. You're streamlining it. But that's this is the thing of, of doing a character over and over, right? You will kind of yeah. find these different ways to do it. And is this something that when you when you were given the role that they he prepared, Damien prepared you for? It's like, eh, it oh. might be like hours on chair oh yeah he he I, I remember in the room when i auditioned he that was one of the first questions they asked me it's like are you okay with uh long makeup pro uh processes and stuff like that i'm like oh yeah because i i i did a lot of children's theater growing up and i would usually play okay. the characters that had crazy makeup jobs so I was, I was used to it so i was like oh yeah i'm used to it well, I was going to ask you about your physicality, right? Because mm -hmm. this, your physicality is, is, is mm -hmm. fantastic. So this is, you Thank know, you. obviously it's, it is, I mean, I, because you have a silent, if it, the physicality is all there is, right. With art, because you don't, you're not speaking. And I think to get as much personality out of a silent character, and it makes me think of our friend, Jason or Michael, who their thing is to just be solid and silent, right. They aren't really mm -hmm. moving, but to do this as a silent, but to have fun with it. And as you say, so much glee in it, I think it's really, <laughs> Is really beautiful and it's a really unusual way to do it and i were you did you i know you studied theater did you study mime what is your physicality background oddly enough i didn't study anything <laughs> I, I at least professionally i i didn't go to class for any of that kind of stuff i i i actually have a degree in elementary education of all things that's <laughs> perfect yeah. oh my god how yeah. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> classroom was just watching movies and being on stage with uh, better actors. And I just <laughs> learned from observing everybody around me and mimicking them. And so all the years I did children's theater, that's where I was cultivating those skills because I, I was a lifelong student of like uh, great physical comedians, like, you know, going all the way back to Chaplin, Buster yeah. Keaton, Marx Brothers. Mm -hmm. But also like Rowan Atkinson, you know, Mr. Bean was a big influence on I me. Mean, Jim Carrey, uh, gosh, Doug Jones was a huge oh, impact. Oh, love yeah. Doug Jones. King. We're, we're so yeah. much alike physically. And I, I just loved his 
his okay. style. It's the it's the David Howard Thornton Doug Jones team up. That's oh, the next yeah. movie Damien So be a dream come true. We need to play father and son in something. Oh, I swear oh would, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I adore Doug. Anyway, he's just like the nicest human being that you could ever meet, and so that would be, just be a dream come true to work with him. But so yeah, he was a great influence. But I I would say like the the Socrates to my my Plato, I guess you could say, would have been Stefan Carl who was uh, known for playing Robbie Rotten on the show Lazy Town. I had the honor and privilege of being his understudy for five years on the national tour of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Stefan was trained in physical comedy and clowning and everything like that. So for the first time in my life, I actually had someone like a mentor that I was mm-hmm. able to work with that, was an expert in that area and was able to take me aside and actually fine tune what I had been cultivating for 20 plus years of acting. And it was wonderful. I loved it. It was like the best class I could get in it because I'm learning firsthand from the master. And so even right before we started filming terrifier, I consulted with, uh, with, um, not Damien (laughs) with, uh, Stefan and I and I was like, I, I'm about to tackle this character that doesn't speak. I need some tips. And he, he you know, it's like, well, you know, it's just he gave me his tips. And he, if I ever had questions or anything like that, I, I was free to go to him. And it was it was wonderful. So I, I had so so many of those moments on set for both films where I'm like, OK, how would Stefan approach this scene? Oh, and nice. you can. Yeah, you can probably watch footage from Lazy Town and you'll see a lot of Robbie Rotten in the <laughs> That's, That's so amazing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damien, can we talk to you about the in where does art come from? I mean, yeah, that one is the genesis. And especially, art. you know, especially his look, right? Which is I think, you know, you have we've talked about so many horror clowns to come from, but his is such a right. unique, different look. Oh, thank you. Um yeah, it was one of those weird things. It, it wasn't like this ultimate sort of lightning in a bottle, you know, light bulb going off mo- moment where it was just like, boom, there's Art the Clown. It, it kind of, it was just these kind of different ideas coming from different places. And, you know, I, I, I had this idea, one of many horror ideas that I never knew what to do with, but it was always just in the back of my head of a killer clown terrorizing a woman on a city bus in the middle of the night, sort of very Twilight Zone-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, whatever, that idea was just there floating around. And then when I got out of, I didn't go to film school, but I took a, I took a film class when I got out of um, high school because I didn't, you know, there was nothing else I wanted to do with my life. I needed, I didn't have money to go to film school, but I could at least go to this, take this one uh, aesthetics of directing class in, uh, at the new school university. And um, I, it wasn't for me because they were just, you know, I was already making my own short films. Uh, they weren't teaching me about movies that I grew up loving and directors I idolized. It was very sort of yeah, a little pretentious and it was all foreign mm-hmm. films and things like that. So I talked my mother into giving me money to make a semi-professional short film instead of going to film school. So it could kind of act as my calling card. And I really wanted to just showcase my makeup and whatever I could do to just grab the audience's attention. So I had this other idea of a woman being abducted, waking up in this sort of 
underground beneath the subway and there's all these demons and the satanic cult. And I said, well, how does she get there? What, how does it start? And then I said, oh, I have that clown idea. I'll have the clown abduct the woman. And then she, when she wakes up, she's with these demons. And then it was about, well, what, who is this clown? What does he look like? How does, how is he, how does he differ from the other clowns? And at the time, this was around 2005, uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise was still the main clown. There, were, there weren't all these other clowns that there are now. And he's still arguably the king of killer clowns. So yeah. I said, I can't go anywhere near that character uh, personality-wise or physically. So I didn't want him to be colorful. I didn't want him to have hair. I didn't want him to speak. So right there, I was starting to, you know, we're really starting to mold Arthur Clown. And then when it came to his face, I said, I want him to look, I don't want him to look too human. But I don't want him to look too sort of demonic yet. But I want him to look sort of like a witch or a, or a classic devil, a little bit like the comic book Joker with very sharp features, pointed nose, chin, the kind of pronounced cheekbones. So it all started there. But, um, you know, Art wasn't even a, a slasher yet in that short film, but his personality was was pretty pronounced. I mean, I was starting to develop his dark sense of humor and how he likes to toy with his victims and make them feel very uncomfortable. And, uh, and he's not immediately threatening, but he's sort of off-putting when you first see him, but you don't think immediately, oh, it's a psychotic killer clown. Especially so on Halloween, it, right? Which is the, it, the other part right. of it. Exactly. It gives him a pass and it, and it allows him to sort of interact with people a little more and walk into public places and it's not so uh, off-putting. But eventually, when I showed people that short film, everybody, regardless of creatures and makeup effects, everybody just gravitated toward Art the Clown. And they all said, wow, like he looks really cool. He's, there's something there. You have to make more movies with that guy. And then I went off and decided to make another short film based solely on Art the Clown. That, uh, and then I turned him into a slasher. And then he really started to take shape. And I know that you did some crowdfunding for some of your film. Uh, how was that and how did it turn into the feature film that we saw with Terrifier? Oh, wow. I Well, Terrifier 1, let me see. I think I tried to crowdfund Terrifier, but I didn't come anywhere close to hitting my goal. Luckily, I found, because nobody wanted to give me money for Terrifier. No. Um, those bastards. They, yeah. they didn't know. They, they did not know. know. <laughs> If they knew, they would have gotten in when they could have. <laughs> yep. Oopsie poopsie. Nobody, nobody wants to take a chance on something. Uh, you know, at the time, I remember going back to the producer from All Hallows Eve and saying, because originally I told him, you know, I need to retain the rights to Art the Clown because I don't want to put him in anthologies. I My intention all along was to make a standalone Terrifier movie which he was totally fine with. And then when it came time for me, I was looking for money to make Terrifier. I reached back out to him and I asked if he would be interested in making it with me. And he said, you know, he went out and tried to contact some people and get money. And he came back and said, look, everybody says clowns can't sell a movie. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Which, understand this was before it came out. And right. Everything. And I, I told him, cause there was already rumors that it was coming out. And I believe Rob Zombie was, uh, already in the works doing 31. So I said, I think clowns are going to be huge. I think we should do this. And, and you know, because nothing was proven, nobody wanted to take a chance. And then sure enough, it comes out and it's the highest grossing horror movie of all time. Right. And apparently clowns can sell a movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> luckily I found my, my now partner, Phil Falcone, was the only person to take a chance on me. And he's the one who gave me money to make Terrifier. 
and he was the smartest fucking guy that I know, and I owe him everything, everything. He's the reason why we're all talking here right now, because <laughs> nobody else give me money, honestly. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Thank you, Phil. Yeah, a hero, Phil. a hero does come along sometimes and believes in some <laughs> clowns and believes in these clowns and uh, builds a, a horror icon, really, right? Because this is, you know, you have this character, and even in Terrifier Two, which we're going to talk about, is a, a icon in that universe as well, right? You have this kind of meta thing where you're recognizing how popular this character is in your own film, which is awesome. <laughs> but it's something that you know, and but those, you know, you think about the iconic. Freddie or the you know who has what do you think of you think of the, the sweater and the hat and the glove right like these very iconic images and I think art is up there amongst those because it's the design that's so and the performance obviously right? the character is incredible um, but I think you know well done to, to putting something that's so scary out there to be something that's a, a classic for forever <laughs> oh thank you so much yeah. so much you did good kid real good real good <laughs> So it's been six years in between one and two. Can you tell us about this time? What 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 it has been like as you've watched this thing blossom and grow? And what was it like trying to come back to do this again? Oh, man. I mean, Dave and I say it all the time. It doesn't really sink in. And we go to a lot of horror conventions. And every time we go, we're, we're shocked by something new. Or I, I mean... Seriously, we, we just came back from New Jersey Horicon and this and I'm in the middle of the room talking to a group of people and all of a sudden I see this girl, this like she was in her early twenties, like in the corner of my eye, and she was dressed like she was dressed like Freddie, not like ugly, but she had like his sweater on and everything, and mm -hmm. she's like creeping over to me and look at like with this really intense kind of look and like inquisitive look and I start looking at her and she goes, Who are you? And I'm like, um, <laughs> And I go, Damien Leone, and she just starts crying, like literally crying. Oh. And then she breaks down and just starts telling me how much Terrifier means to me and how much I've inspired her and that she wants to be a makeup effects artist and everything like that. Oh. And and it, it was, it was, I'm like, I'm going to, yeah. I'm yeah. crying hearing this. It's like, you're inspiring the next generation already. Like the way you were inspired. It's like that moment you had with Tom Savini. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Though, like passing yeah. it on. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then she, uh, and then I said, you know, David's right over there. I mean, come on, let's go meet him. And she goes, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It's too, I'm too old. <laughs> and then I don't think she met Dave until maybe the next day or later that day. And then sure enough, when she met Dave, she cried again yeah. because she was just obsessed with Terrifier. Uh, but that's, that's not the first time that's happened. Like we've had people cry and tell us that they've met one another, their partner, and they've gotten married and they've yeah. bonded over Terrifier. Fire. It's 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 so amazing, and we just yeah. keep seeing people with tattoos and oh tattoos! I bet you see some yeah. amazing tattoos. David, how's it feel to yeah. see your face, kind of your face, <laughs> on yeah. people? It's it's a bit surreal. I think someone actually got my real face tattooed on them too, which is oh, like wow. why? Because <laughs> you're rad. That's yeah. a super super fan. That's amazing. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy, but I mean, it's it's it, in a good way though. It's just like wow, this because you know you're not going to commit to something like that unless you're really truly passionate about that character because that, yeah. that that's a lifelong commitment there. And it's just 
and some of these people that I'm like, it's not just like tiny tattoo they do. I'm, I've seen people just like basically their entire shoulder is Art the Clown or their wow. calf or their back. I'm like, yeah, that took hours and lots of pain to go through. I mean, there's like one guy that got Art tattooed on the side of his head. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. I'm like, wow. that's that's, that's hardcore. Else. That's so yeah. hard, hardcore. Then it, yeah. then it was there pressure then to as going into Terrifier 2? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah incredible incredible <laughs> pressure. <laughs> because the last thing we want to do is let these people down. Yeah. They just keep pushing apart higher and higher on a pedestal. And so that's one of the reasons, honestly, why Terrifier 2 took so long to make, because we did not want to fuck it up. And we wanted to deliver something that was so much bigger and so much greater than the first one where it's like you couldn't even imagine what you were watching when when you got to the theater or you watched it on streaming where it's just a relentless movie just so big but it just keeps on raising the stakes and upping the ante and upping the gore and it's just wanted it to be an experience that you don't typically have with a horror movie anymore and it's just we never wanted to compromise any of that vision but we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, even though this was the most money we've ever had to make a movie, it's still like so. It's a fraction mm-hmm. of a of a movie. It's like a, an absolute small fraction. So it was just a, a lot of passionate hard work by a dedicated group of talented filmmakers that surrounded me. And we, mm-hmm. uh, no matter how long it took, we just built whatever had to be built: uh, sets, makeup effects, whatever, and until it was right. Until it was right. Yeah. So, what comes first, the effects or like the script idea? Like, what did? How, how do you? Because I know you probably have these big ideas of kind of things you want to make and and create. Um, what what happens first? Um. Yeah, it's usually. Uh, I mean, listen, I get ideas all the time, just driving around, and like I could have the whole sort of the blueprint of the movie, but then it's all these like wonderful details and uh, these moments that'll come to me, like I'll. I was thinking of, I knew I wanted to have this big kill scene that would rival or at least come close to the hacksaw scene, which has now become sort of infamous. Right. Uh, yep. Yep. Know. It's the one yeah. I was, before you guys hopped on today, I was telling Julie, I was like, I can't believe you made the thing that lives rent free in my head. It'll never leave. Like literally. <laughs> yeah. I just remember my jaw dropping and like, I could not, I was like, this is never going to leave my brain for the rest of my life. I'm going to be in the old folks home and I'm going to be thinking about this scene like (laughs) my whole life. Like you, Damien, you've like literally left an impact on many of us. (laughs) I apologize. No, please don't. Like, holy shit. Like I was floored. Corey and I love the artistry of it. This is why we're asking so much about the effects. Like, you know, I, I adore gore and I love looking at it and really wondering how did they do that, right? And thinking about the process of the behind the scenes of how you're creating that specific effect. So that's why it's interesting. Do you know, did you have, do you say, okay, I have this idea for this hacksaw scene and now I'm going to build the kind of scenes around it or does it just kind of naturally flow within the script itself? Oh, that happens a lot, actually. I don't know if that was a sp- specific uh, circumstance, but there, sure, there could be a moment or uh, just, just like an idea where you're like, that idea needs to make it on film, no matter what, and I will build an entire story around it. I mean, things like that happen all the time, uh, especially with me. It's just, I'm so focused on the way my brain works is visuals and just striking images. So it'll be, you know, even though, Oddly enough, 
it was the opposite with Art the Clown. It was the idea of the clown. And then I came up with the look. But a character like Sienna, before she was fleshed out, I knew I wanted to have this final girl Valkyrie um, badass in this armor. That's, you know, it's a, it's a Halloween costume, but it really is her armor, even if it's, you know, sort of symbolic. But because um, I loved uh, Red Sonia growing up and yes. I loved Sword and Sword. Yeah, yeah. And believe it or not, absolutely love female heroes and like uh um like ripley from aliens sure. the sequels probably my favorite character she might be the greatest hero ever written in a, in a script yep. i mean it's just the most perfect character ever so you know and i was raised by all women so i mean even though i get accused of being you know maybe sort of hateful toward women because of what happens to them in my movies it's the complete opposite believe it or not so i, I love women i've always wanted to um, make a very strong female character. So I've had the Sienna character in my head since about 2008. Wow. And a lot of specific moments in Terrifier, um, especially the montage of her suiting up, because I love montages with characters suiting you up. Gotta love a suit ever. up. Yes, ever, you ever, do. Oh, every time. Love right, love it. So, so I again, I had those ideas, and it's like, okay how does that character now fit into this art the clown terrifier world okay. you know it's like yeah it's like red sonia meets art the clown yeah the studio exec will say what the hell is that no i say <laughs> i say sold is what i say yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it just look at the image yeah, look at put that on a comic book cover and we'll yeah. figure out that's what it felt like like watching this 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 new iteration it felt very comic book inspired i was going to ask about that is there comic book in the works or like what what's the situation with that we do have a comic book, um, but it's sort of just, um, it, it's part one just in comic book format. But I wouldn't be opposed to telling side stories yeah. about what, what art is up to. Or, or backstories, or backstories. That could be good too. Yeah, side stories, forward stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a whole universe now that's like, I feel like opened up in this in this chapter. And so it's just really cool with our, our new uh, little clown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> little tail girl amelie mclean um we're so excited for people i don't believe she hasn't been spoiled yet it's, it's unbelievable how no pictures i've gotten leaked um that was yeah i mean that was a sort of a sort of a risk especially giving art a sidekick but i didn't want to give him a sidekick where she's really attached to his movie right. it was very it was very important that art is still you know his own character and he's the man and he doesn't need any real assistance but the um the the, the objective of that character was to be his supernatural guide and to sort of lead him to toward sienna so and i knew i wanted to really explore the supernatural element in this movie instead of just sort of putting it on the back burner and being like, Hey, you know what? It's a typical slasher trope. We all know the, you know, the character eventually becomes a boogeyman and that's just the way it is. I wanted to really explore the supernatural element and make it a huge character. Yeah. Can we, can, let's get into it. I want to hear more about it. I have so many, so many questions. It's so awesome. <laughs> it adds so much, you know, dimension to it. It just turns it into a complete surprise, which is so fun. Right. Right. I mean, and they come in different forms and, you know, energies. Uh, Sienna's sort of supernatural guide is is more sort of abstract uh, and it's coming from things with her father and, you know, these sort of dream sequences, things going on in her subconscious and how she's being driven on her path, whereas Art, his, his uh, 
his evil uh, force of, you know, whatever his evil entity, it takes the, uh, takes the form of this little girl. And um, it wasn't always supposed to be called mini art, the clown. Originally the when I wrote that character, I wanted her, she was going to be creepy looking the way the pale girl looks, but she was going to be in like a yellow sundress and very 1960s and maybe a flower in her hair, something oh, like that. Okay. And the summer, the summer, I'm sorry, the, um, the Halloween before we started shooting, Halloween of 2017, I remember specifically when I was writing this, I knew the character, she was like ready to go on paper. And I remember getting tagged and just seeing the Terrifier tags all over Instagram of people cosplaying and dressing up as art and girls dressing up as their female version of Art the Clown. Was there, wait, 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 were there like sexy Art the Clowns? Of course there are. Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Julia. <laughs> You that makes know. me feel feel weird things. Dude. <laughs> now I'm now I now I might have a Halloween costume, you guys. I think a a Yeah, but um I said I have to jump on that before it's too late. And I'm gonna turn this this little girl's gonna be my mini mini art clown. So that's where that came from. So that wasn't a, my original uh idea, even though she was always a character in the story. Um but yeah, and it's just, you know, I didn't want her to be an exact replica of art. I wanted her to have the same colors. But if you notice, they're actually a mirror image. So wherever he's black, she's white. Uh -huh. and a little so like that. And um, just little subtle demonic things. I didn't want her to be wearing a prosthetic like Art the Clown wears. But I wanted to do little things like make her forearms very hairy and uh, switch, her, <laughs> yeah, like, switch her teeth so her upper teeth are smaller than her lowers and, and just like weird little things like that that make her very abnormal. Um, and, and a testament to her, this little girl, Amelie, was like nine, ten years old and I was adamant about having her wear these full sclera contact lenses that cover your whole eyeball. So she had to go get her eyes um, measured so she could have custom contact lenses and we had to have a lens technician on set every day and he was the only one who could take them put them in and take them out of her eyes and like she was such a trooper they didn't bother her like what wow she looks like she's having a blast which is she so fun blast. she had a blast and for her audition i i think originally we don't really tell people what they're auditioning for and uh, I just said, you know, maybe like you're this creepy clown character, but you need to, I need to see you making a bunch of creepy faces and big smiles in a mirror and things like that. And she sent back this wonderful, wonderful self tape that I just said, oh, this little girl is going to be excellent. And then the, the most fun was when her and Dave were playing with the possum. I think that was their first day on set. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. And, you know, I, I could tell her, you know, how to make the big smiles and how she's very happy and giddy and she's having a good time doing this. But Dave does so many nuanced things and he's uh, like stuff in the water. And so but you can see her, you know, exploring and mimicking Dave and doing what he's doing and she's trying to feel the character and, and, and incorporate that into her performance. So just watching that happen was very fun. That was That was exciting. So it was great to see them on set together for the first time. Can you That's amazing. What, what is, I don't know. I'm just like, how did, what was her reaction for seeing David like in all his, his, his scary clown glory? Like, is she cool <laughs> with clowns? Like what's her situation? <laughs> you remember? I, I don't remember. I, I, she seemed pretty cool with it. Um, Cause we were getting our makeup done at the same time. So mm -hmm. you can see it happen. We were, yeah. We were chatting the whole entire time too. You know, Cause I, I want, 
I wanted to, you know, instantly bond with her anyway, since we had all these scenes together. So I, I, I want, I'm glad that we were able to at least, you know, share makeup time together. Right. And can you're I children's theater about, guys. So that makes yeah. sense yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Can, oh, I yeah. ask, can I ask about the day that you were on set where you have a stunt person in a clown suit on fire playing the banjo? Yes. Did you ever dream? Burn. We love Did you ever dream when you were a kid, Damien, that you would get to this height? Because it's pretty, pretty good height. Yeah. No. Yeah, that, that was wild. That was the first time I ever uh, filmed with stunt people being put on fire and seeing, you know, and, and, and making her, uh, you know, asking her to act and, and kind of like dance around and still play the banjo while she's on fire. <laughs> I'm sorry I forgot her name, but she was amazing. She also doubled for Lauren when Sienna, when Sienna had a falls through the, through the floor and she had to do like a pretty long fall. Uh, was very dangerous so she was she was amazing yeah. but it was pretty i know dave had a blast uh pun intended uh setting her on fire <laughs> oh that was amazing that was like and she did that in one take that we were originally gonna like do it like two or three times and she that they got in that one take and i was like wow I, I actually got to set her on fire that that's a very strange thing to see happen right before your eyes is just like one second someone's fine next second there's whoosh a blaze Wow, and, and, and also, you have to stay in character the whole entire time too, because <laughs> I'm having to dance away because they're like, "Okay, move away," and I'm like, I'm, in my head, I'm going, "Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! That's awesome! Oh my god, I hope she's okay." <laughs> yeah, because typically, typically the actor won't set the stunt person on fire. Yeah. you know, you no. have a stunt team doing yeah. it. But Dave actually was the one to light her up in the scene. So, but they actually, you must have had someone on set, a fire marshal, or someone. She- giving you the safety and how you do it and et cetera. Et cetera. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure for it, for it. Oh, we had a huge team in there. We I'm had a sure. huge team. <laughs> yeah. Um, can yeah. I- so it was, it was intense. It was intense. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Probably this my, is a- my favorite day on set actually, because it was that and also the Tommy gun, those two things in one day. The I was Tommy like, gun was I- so cool. Oh, that was, that so, was like, so much iconic. fun. Uh, that was so much fun. I, so I was much. I was channeling my inner mask right there with that Tommy guy, and I was I was having so much fun. So so many things you can check off the bucket list with this. You can shoot a oh, yeah. gun. You can set someone on fire. Um, I would like. I was think this is something that uh, Terry and I always think about when we watch horror movies, especially ones as gory as yours. Is uh, a shout out to the PAs who must have to clean up all yes. of that stuff. So much blood. <laughs> oh, so much, so much. <laughs> Do you buy so like much. industrial gallons of blood? How, how like how much blood are we talking was used on this? Do you do you have any metrics? <laughs> I mean, we honestly don't. I mean, it was just gallon after gallon for years. So it's gotta be up there. <laughs> it's really gotta be up there. Yeah. So epic. Um, I, I would get stuck to my weapons sometimes because there was just so much blood on me that they they like one time we broke for dinner and is I, I couldn't let go of the club because I was just stuck to the club. I'm like, guys, guys, I wanna eat too. Guys. Help no. Oh no. Oh no. Um so any plans to release a cereal in conjunction with this release? <laughs> I, would, I would love to. I, I love yeah, I love that artwork. And we actually had someone make uh they made actual cereal for that scene mm-hmm. and if you look on if you look on the box like there's little like nods to the other movies and there's like little dawns cut in half like from the hacksaw scene mm-hmm. and little cool things 
like that. So that would be amazing. We're definitely going to look into making a little bit of Merchandising. Of course. This is, this is part of what horror is, right? This is what we know. Um, can exactly. we talk about uh, the legend that is Felissa Rose? Yes. Uh, we love her so much. Yes. We were just hanging out at New Jersey Horror Con. We, some people you just meet at these cons or you know in, in life, but we met her at this con, and she was just, you felt like when you meet her, you feel like you've known her your entire life. Mm -hmm. And she's so genuine and so sweet. And uh, she's just somebody you just want to hang out with. So I said, you know, we have to, We not only do I admire her and just have been a huge fan of Sleepaway Camp since I was yeah. a kid and everything, but I said, I would love to get you in this movie somehow, somewhere. And, and you know, and she was just, she wanted to do it as well because we all hit it off so, so well. And we've all become, you know, close friends. You know? So that awesome. was, that was I hope she gets to come back if you make another installment. Not if, yes. when you make another installment. It's certainly possible. Cause yeah. I would, uh, yeah, I feel like there's gotta be more and I want a little bit more of her. Cause that was just like a nice little, it was such a nice treat just to see her little face pop up though. So great. And what a fun scene. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That that was a fun day to shoot. Was, we were actually outside. The sun was shining. The kids were great. It was a, an upbeat day as opposed to being in the dungeons. <laughs> in the middle, middle of winter covered in blood at four o'clock in the morning. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but think yeah. back if you could think back to twelve-year-old you who's sitting in your your bedroom at home, who's making your little chart Tommy Jarvis esque masks and whatnot, and then you fast forward to that. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's four in the morning. You're cold, but this is like you live in the dream, right? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And we always remind ourselves of that. We literally would remind ourselves that when it's like <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, and it's like we're freezing cold, covered in blood. We're like this. This is this is fun. This is awesome, Ashley. You got to think about this. It's like just think about where this is gonna go. You know. Yeah, I would. You know, we would do that. I would do that. I'd pull pull an actor aside and be like, you know, just put yourself. You know, put yourself six months from now. It's it's all gonna be worth it. It's all gonna be worth it. You know, you have to get find some sort of zen yeah. state because yeah. sometimes it really is as uncomfortable as you could possibly get and yeah. Um, yeah. the key is really surrounding yourselves with uh with great people and luckily we had the funniest people just very caring and passionate and just a very family oriented mm -hmm. we all felt like a, a very tight tight-knit close family making this movie and it was, it was very fun aside from it being physically demanding um, sure it was because yeah. you're, add, you're adding, you know, so much more action kind of sequences in this one. And, and also, you know, horror in itself is a very heightened state. You know, most of the scene, you're, you, know, you have characters who are in terror and going around. So I'd imagine you take any film shoot, which is long, arduous, and then ramp it up while everybody has to get to this next level. I can imagine, yeah, arduous. And I think a lot of people, when they watch a movie like this, don't think about that, right? You don't think about the behind the scenes of it and, and the, the skill and how many people it takes. But I see it in there and I think it's, you know, I think you can see on screen that everybody's really committed to the project and really all doing their best and, and doing 100%. And I think it shows. Yeah. Definitely. And great job on these, uh, casting these kids, Lauren Lavera and Elliot yeah. Pullman as Sienna and Jonathan, the, the brother and sister duo. I am obsessed with their relationship and just like, can you talk a little bit more about um, adding this, this beautiful storyline to this, this, this film? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that was, 
honestly, like I said before, the my favorite part, what I'm most excited for people to see is Sienna and Jonathan and that that family dynamic and following them on their journey. And both of those characters are very close to me personally because I drew from very personal relationships and experiences. Like Sienna is very much based largely on my two older sisters. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the maternal uh, part of Sienna is very much like my my older sister, and you know the part of her that would literally dress up in that costume and go out and drop Molly and stuff. Like that <laughs> <is my mother. laughs> um, you know, and and the part of her that's an artist and obsessed with you know fantasy and sort of Dungeons and Dragons and you know things like that. That's a little bit of me, and I'm very much like Jonathan, just being obsessed with the killers and things like that, and. Um, so, so there's a lot of personal things and even the mother, even Barbara's very much has the same personality as, as my mother. So it's a, a <laughs> okay. She didn't mom, believe mom, you mom, either. Mom has, mom has some issues. Mom has some anger issues. Mom, mom okay? yes. My mother is the kind of person at this point, because the kids have stressed her out so much where if you ask her what time it is, she just yells it back. <laughs> <laughs> the volume of her voice anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, lightly, loosely based on, but there are a lot of personal things because as a writer, you have to draw from personal experiences to give the audience something genuine and you have to be vulnerable. And it's kind of nervous. It's kind of nerve wracking because sure. you're putting yourself out there right. body to judge, but that's, that's your job as a but you're also, I think you're also taking on a different layer as well, where you're taking on the saying that, you know, people, we love gore, right? But there's going to be people who see this and the gore is not going to be okay. So you're kind of taking that on as well, because there's, you know, there's always that thing with horror directors, like, is there something wrong with them? I mean, of course there's not. Every horror director I've ever met in my life has been a delight, right? And that's not to say, it's just, I think everybody has those dark spaces. And I think it's brave to, to open yourself to that and show what's inside, I think. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I, I think I'm so comfortable with, you know, who I am and knowing I'm not a psychopath where <laughs> I'm not, honestly, where I'm not afraid to show these crazy things. Uh, like I, I know exactly what it is and where it's coming from and that it is fictional and you could, you could dissect it and psychoanalyze it and like what, what a horror movie means to people on a psychological level sure. and sort of. All, all these things, but you know, at the end of the day, it is just you know total, total fantasy. You know, I was able to, I was able to understand it at a very young age. So I don't take these things to heart. These criticisms, you know, I'm sorry people feel that way because I'm not setting out to. The last thing I'm doing is, you know, going out of my way to offend people or uh, things like that. But uh, you know, it comes with the territory. This isn't certainly is not for everybody. You should know. You should know if this movie is or isn't for you before you even go into it. Uh, I think <laughs> the, the honestly, honestly, the poster, yeah. yeah, the poster alone. I remember even like that was the thing when we watched the um, other Terrifier one. I was like, Julia, that poster scares the crap out of me, so we have to watch it. Like that's literally. <laughs> and and well, all all good art should be divisive anyway, right? There, you know, if you have art middle of the road then that what are you doing right you want one that's going to get a great reaction and it sounds like you've gotten the kind of reaction that you've hoped for which i think is fantastic and i think sienna is a terrific final girl you know our our show is the, the idea behind behind horror movie survival guide is if we watch enough horror movies we see enough bitch and final girls that eventually we if we need to be the final girl will know how to do it right we'll learn how to survive so mm -hmm. i think that you know, 
having one as as badass and really seeing that transformation into this uh this cool final girl at the end so we always have to ask um yes. how how do you survive this movie if you you i mean we'll say david not art the clown because that's kind of whatever but if you were in this movie yeah. how do you survive i get in the car and drive the hell out of there <laughs> Answer. Yeah. put some distance between you and this town mm-hmm, yep mm-hmm. i'll be like bye bye yeah, bye bye do you <laughs> bye, think, think, think art's the kind of clown that would follow though like oh you- he would but i would still try to at least get a head start <laughs> all right I think uh, I think I would get my penis chopped off. <laughs> just the tip, kids. Just, just the tip. Just the tip. Just oh the my tip. god! Oh. That was the best answer to the question we've ever had. Thank you, Damien. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And if and if you were to give a general horror tip, because we all like I said, we all are all about survival. Um, general horror tip. Uh, your best horror tip, I guess, for survival for any horror movie just in general do you have a great tip you want to impart for our listeners mm-hmm. don't run upstairs okay. Okay. don't run upstairs. Oh my God. i honestly don't but that's such a great question um i'm not good at thinking on the fly like that I mean, uh, <laughs> all right you'll think of it later when, when you're you're laying in bed and you'll be like oh this thing but mm-hmm. we, you know we've watched you know when you're watching these movies you go okay you know don't have sex don't do drugs all the kind of general stuff yeah, I mean, always make make sure your phone is charged. Oh that's God, a, yes. It's a yeah. it's a modern horror problem. We don't have to worry about that in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. Um, yeah, I that, and I'll tell you what, that is a burden for a screenwriter. Yes, now. tell us how do you get around I, that? Oh, like where everybody's got a phone, so you have it's like you could either make them lose the phone, forget the phone, the phone gets destroyed, the battery dies. There's only so many so many options and uh, yeah i had to work around a lot of that in this one i think i did use every one of those yeah you did a pretty nice job but they, those girls left their phones a lot of places they were they were not paying attention to their phones they got very distracted and they weren't in their hands i was like oh, they don't have it in their hand right now oh no every time every time i freak out for them oh so, so the, good the so next good. one real fear you do a Truly. period piece for the next one you set it in the past and then you don't have to worry about phones right you said it in 1980 and then you don't got to worry about it. Right. That's what I said. One of my, my dream project, one of them is to, I would kill to direct a Friday the 13th reboot. And uh, Ooh, tell I would say, yes. I would say they have to just make it take place in the early 80s. Yes. It would be so perfect. Let's and, do it. Yeah. Do you have yes. like, so would you, would it be a reboot in the same killer kind of way? We still have the same killer. I mean, it, when Friday, if you're doing Friday Thirteenth Part One, are we talking about his mom or are we talking about Jason? Oh no, 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 it would have to be Jason. Jason, my, my hero. Um, what do you? Is he is he your favorite? Do you prefer him over Freddy? You know, um, I think so. As a kid, um, it it depends because some of it some of it just depends on nostalgia and who I gravitate toward. I mean, Freddy's clearly a better character, a more well developed, uh, layered character. I love Freddy. Um, I love Freddy in one and three, uh, yep. particularly. And New Nightmare. What about New Nightmare? No, he's great. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah. That one's that one's an incredible movie, but the Freddy character himself isn't that great in that. He's kind of you know, it's not my favorite Freddy performance in that movie, but that movie is one of my favorite in the entire series. Um, but I think Freddy's the scariest in part one, and I think he's the 
I think he really becomes the Freddy that we all love in part three, where yeah. he had, he's still frightening, but then he also becomes sort of the showman Freddy with the, the wisecracks, but it's not too over the top where he becomes too cartoon. Right. We haven't gotten to soul pizza yet. I mean, no. Just... Oh. Right. <laughs> That's still coming. nicely yeah. balanced. So <laughs> gentlemen, we usually do ratings on this show for the movies, but I feel like we all know going into this, what it was going to be before we even watched it because we do gore <laughs> factor. So we have a rating system of one through five. Julia, do you want a gore factor? Or do you want me to gore? Uh, I can do a little gore factor. So uh, one is not not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two is a, pu- a puddle of blood. Three is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. Uh, this is definitely a five. And we love it because of it. Gore, gore, gore. We are gore girls. Go, go, go. Go. Before we knew this is almost like I would almost dub it a five plus anything terrifier, honestly. Dear goodness, you go, you go hard, you guys go hard. Um, and then movie ratings. Uh, I love to rate this movie as usually. Would you like? I, I have some chainsaws if you want one if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better, four not too shabby, and five is fantastic. Oracle, I think you already know in my heart of hearts, this is fantastic. Freaking Oracle, there's everything you could ever want. Awesome story. This is such a fun, like, second chapter after the first film. If you guys loved the first Terrifier, you're going to love this even more. I just love that the world gets even more built out. There is more kills. There is more fun. There's more story. It is more and gore. And I loved it. Fantastic Oracle on my on my, on my Fantastic Oracle for me as well. I am Fantastic Oracle. I loved it. Two thumbs up. Yay. All the Fives all around. Fives all around. Amazing work, you guys. Oh, God. I'm and, so excited. And, and we just want to uh, also just say congratulations on all the hard work because we know how hard it is to make a movie, how long it takes and how much, you know, and now you still have more to go through, right? You have the release and the press and all of that going on. So congratulations and good luck with all of it because yeah. I think that this movie is fantastic and everyone should go out and check it out uh, just in time for spooky season. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and where you. can everybody find you guys on the internet or anything else? Obviously we want, we want you to, everybody to go see the film, but anything else they can follow you out and find you. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under David Howard Thornton. And I also have a cameo page as well. Oh, hell yeah. I want that cameo. Uh-huh. Woohoo! Cameo money. Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook, Damien underscore Leone. Um, Amazing. And you guys are regularly, you can find us at Horror Movie Survival Guide all over the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a Patreon. We are independent a little show happy to have these amazing guests this week oh my gosh if you're excited uh throw a little 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 love on our patreon at horror slash horror movie survival guide you can also get some merch from us at our teespring store um as well thank you guys so much what a literal dream i screamed when julia told me we're gonna we got this interview i was so (laughs) uh, like you have no idea i might i might have cried a little too but i'm i'm okay i'm I'm keeping it together right now and i'll probably cry cry later (laughs) this was so cool thank you guys so much such a pleasure to meet you nice to meet you too all right Thank you. Such a good time. Thank you so much. Thank Yay. you. We hope you guys have a good Halloween as well. Oh, thanks. Happy you Halloween. Well. I'm excited for my new costume. So watch out, sexy art. It's coming your way. All right. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening. Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Ryan. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash
Horror Movie Survival Guide.